And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. That's right, this is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are talking about your struggling stumbling i don't know toronto blue jays as we do twice a week here on the athletic i gotta get it out of the way right off the top i want you to subscribe to the athletic if you don't already this is the time you want to read keith law's uh, mid-season top 50 list you want to read all the trade breakdowns because they're happening if you're a baseball fan there's no better place for you to do for to be there's no better place for you to go other than theathletic.com slash spin rate subscribe to the athletic tell us tell them that we sent you get yourself a tidy discount and keep us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. You can also subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a, leave us a like, give us a rating, subscribe. Um, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, you can listen to the show ad-free through The Athletic app. But if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, for now that's okay. I mean, for now I'm, I'm kind of goad you into doing it. Subscribe to the show, subscribe to The Athletic. Have yourself a good time. Twice a week, me and Caitlin McGrath bring you everything from Blue Jays land. We do that show on usually Sunday or Monday nights. This show during the week is you, me, and a guest. This week, my guest is the host of Blue Jays Talk on the fan, Rob Wong. Had a great chat with Wrong with Rob about the state of the team right now, what what the what the future might hold. We looked at, you know, we talked a lot uh, about maybe is twenty twenty one the year? Is this is this the year you want to spend that prospect capital? Those are kind of a rhetorical question that I maybe asked. Anyway, it's a great talk. Rob is a great guy. We have a, a strange and uh, a strange and close connection, of course. Rob, Rob, Rob Wong, and I uh, are from similar close by places, so we had we had a good time talking about that. We also talked about some transactions, like the Tampa Bay Rays acquiring Nelson Cruz in exchange for two top twenty prospects from the Rays. Which you know, not all not all prospects and not all top ten or twenty lists are created equal. So if you're getting two guys from the Rays, you're probably doing pretty well. Two right-handed pitchers. One guy's name is Joe Ryan. The other guy's name is Drew Strotman. They now are members of the Minnesota Twins, who are, had a very disappointing season here in 2021. And so they're making some moves. Might they trade Jose Barrios? Maybe to the Blue Jays? Who knows? But there's lots of speculation, lots of fun talking about what the Blue Jays need to do, what they might do for 2021, what they might want to do for 2022, 2023, 2024. It's all on the table right now. So with no further ado, why don't I send you, the listener, first, one thing I want to do, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. If this is your first episode of Spin Rate, if Rob Wong, our delightful guest, sent you here and this is your first time, thank you. Thank you for listening. This is, if you've been listening to Caitlin and I uh, all this season, Thank you. Thank you for, for, for giving this our new show 
uh, a go. I really appreciate it. If you've been listening to to the the previous show, if you listen to Stoughton and I over the years, I really, really appreciate you sticking with us. And uh, and if you listen to any of the podcasts that that we've done, video shows, came to see us live, you know, listen, read anything that I've written, anything like that. There's a million different things to, trying to occupy your time, trying to steal your attention away. Um, and I'm we're one of them. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Doesn't go on. It doesn't go unnoticed. And and we. Continue going, having a great time talking about the Blue Jays. It's a great time to talk about the Blue Jays. So thanks for dialing us up. And so with that, I'm going to dial up uh, Rob Wong. Have a great chat on this edition of Spin Rate. He is the mayor of Bradford, Gwilly himself, <laughs> Mr. Rob Wong. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Yeah, I'm snacking on a carrot as we uh, speak here, living up to the namesake. So uh, shout out to my hometown of Bradford. Nothing wrong with the good old New Market, but there's a little something, I don't know, more special about the the smaller town, if you will. It has changed very much, I'm sure, since last I lived there or in that vicinity. But uh, the Holland Marsh, of course, is still there producing <laughs> so much wonderful produce here and uh, across for all of uh, Ontario. I don't know. God only knows where all that stuff goes. And a fun fact about Bradford, uh, uh, because of its, for a variety of reasons, one of the best like Mexican restaurants you can find anywhere right there in Mexican Canada. Mexican Canada. So good. Now, now I don't want to, you know, uh, go too hard on Mexican Canada, but I did have a, not a great experience there uh, last year. So I, I will just put it that way. The food was fine. The service, uh, maybe some, leaving something to be uh, desired. So uh, I, I, did not, I did not have uh, kind things to say about that place, but it is phenomenal for uh, people who have never been there before. So kind of kind of a weird catch-22 there. I hope I hope that your experience was the exception to the rule, and uh, I think and, it was. Yeah, and you know, ever the pandemic, it's hard. It's hard for the restaurateurs and small business owners. Um, it's hard for everybody because people, you know, they're dying. But while the pandemic is not behind us, Blue Jays baseball in Toronto is in front of us, immediately in front of us. So, uh, they played their the Blue Jays played their last game in Buffalo, who which was a place that. Hosted the Blue Jays wonderfully. Speaking of Mexican food, uh, I don't know if you can get, you probably get good Mexican food in Buffalo, but Mighty Taco is like a Buffalo staple. So if you ever go to Buffalo, make sure you hook up with Mighty Taco. But Blue Jays are coming back to Toronto on, on July 30th. Lots of people, everyone, everyone in their right mind is excited. The game sold out in minutes. I'm here today on Thursday when we're recording it. But I guess the biggest question right now is, Rob, what do you think? is when the Blue Jays return from this little road trip to play in Toronto, will the team look any different in that will there be any new players or new faces among the crowd? Well, if I was a betting man, uh, which I am, I would put it at a pretty good percentage chance that I do think we'll see some additions. And I've been saying this for weeks, and it's not some sort of insider knowledge or you know, some sort of intuition. I think all you have to do is just look at the comments from Ross Atkins and look at the comments from Mark Shapiro that he said on our station and some of the media availabilities that he's done. He's basically hinted that they're going to do stuff. And he obviously sees the opportunity that this ball club has in front of them, that they're still in the mix for, you know, the wild card spot. The division is getting further and further out of reach, but you know, is an insurmountable lead? You know, definitely not. If you can make the, the right additions, I think we look at this ball club and it's flawed. There's definitely issues with it, but there is a bit of a sleeping giants uh, that lays underneath and maybe it just needs a bit of a kick in the butt. And in that case, you know, maybe they could go on a pretty nice run here to, to sneak into a playoff spot, but I, I would be stunned. I mean, the, the more 
we get closer to July 30th, I've sort of, you know, scaled back my expectations on what, you know, types of moves they're going to make. Uh, I'm sure we're going to mention a person by the name of uh, Joseph Gallo at some point over the next little bit here. Yes, um, we will. See, but we see <laughs> Nelson Cruz going to Tampa Bay. That's, uh, I know, a bit of a blow for some people that wanted to see him in a, in a Jays uniform. And to be honest, I was starting to starting to sell myself on that, that I thought it would be a realistic possibility just because of the uh, potential prospect cost that it would be, take to get Nelson Cruz as opposed to a, a Joey Gallo or, or someone else like that. And, and we see the trade today. It's two um, top 20 prospects from the Rays, a couple of pitchers and you know, guys that are probably closer to the major leagues than maybe the Blue Jays could have offered with their farm system. So uh, it just seems to match up better between Minnesota and Tampa Bay. But that's a long way of saying, yes, I do think we will see more than just uh, Corey Dickerson, Adam Simber, and uh, Trevor Richards in uh, Toronto on, in a couple of weeks' time. I will not stand for this Justin Barnes erasure any further. <laughs> J- J- you mean Jacob Barnes? <laughs> well, sure. <it> was exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the Nelson Cruz thing is interesting. A, it's interesting because the Rays made a move. Um, they, they, it was a, it's a very Razy move in that it's a smart move. Uh, he's a Nelson Cruz is a great hitter. Uh, lots of folks have, were, were suggesting the Blue Jays it would be a match. There's no harm, and there would have been no harm in acquiring Nelson Cruz, adding another right-handed bat. I'm not so worried about that. It's Nelson Cruz. He can mash right there. I, I don't know the Blue Jays are as a team to be a team that's especially vulnerable to to right-handed pitching. I mean, well. Maybe I say that and, and then I kind of forget Adam Montevino sort of uh, taking care of business the other day. But you look at the two names that the Blue Jays, uh, that the Rays gave up, Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman. Uh, I believe I, th- I saw, I think it was Stoughton said that it was like the number 10 and number 17 um, uh, uh, prospects in, in the Rays system, which is very, very deep um, among the two or three best systems in all of baseball. Um is that a price the Blue Jays were going to be willing to pay? No, I don't think that is. Again, A, uh, if the Blue Jays 10 and 17 prospect, whoever you think they are, Riley Adams, I think these were some names that Stoughton floated out there, Otto Lopez. Is that going to get it done to get this deal done? Maybe not. Also, you know, the Blue Jays, for the Blue Jays to acquire DH like Nelson Cruz, I don't think fits with their with the way that the team is structured, the way that the, the, the current roster is. Nelson Cruz, I don't think, was ever going to be a great fit, but I, I still think that, that if the opportunity is right and if the prices are at a good place, I, I can see the Blue Jays making one of these upgrades for now and upgrades for next year as well type of deals. Of course, you mentioned Joey Gallo, who is um, among those names, uh, obviously a player who does not hit free agency until coming uh, after 2022, does a lot of things terrifically that would be a great match with the Blue Jays, Jose Barrios, um, uh, Herman Marquez. You know, there's lots of names out there. Uh, maybe not on, the, on that blockbuster scale, but but you know uh, in some Blue Jays fans or folks want to hear. I'm sure we, when you're on Jays talk, you hear they probably heard Max Scherzer's name more than once um, in the last little while. But but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm grafting my own expectations onto what the Blue Jays are going to do. But I can't can more likely see a a longer term guy with control coming back than a than a rental, especially a, a rental of limited utility but great production like Nelson Cruz. I, th- I think the difficulty that I have in trying to figure out what the Blue Jays are going to do exactly is there's not a huge track record of this front office making these types of moves because they've obviously been in a rebuild leading up to, to last year where they did ultimately make the playoffs. And last year, they went and got rentals. They went and got a Jonathan VR. They got a Robbie Ray. They got a Taiwan Walker, which goes against which, uh, goes against what they've done this year, which is get 
two guys with control and Adam Sibber and Trevor Richards. So are they more inclined to be um, the type of front office that is looking for, you know, a couple of kicks at the can, or are they going to, you know, look at, you know, guys that have uh, one year left on the deal and some rentals that they can go after and, and maybe make a splash this year. So it's, it's tough for me to come up with a blueprint. I, I sort of just look at the options that are out there and, and Joey Gallo right at the top of the list. Uh, we know that uh, run prevention is something that Ross Atkins mentioned the other day that is top of mind for this club. So you know, whether that's defensively, they want to look at an upgrade at third base, they want to look at relievers, they want to look at starting pitchers, you know, the starting pitching market, there's not a ton out there, you know, Kyle Gibson, probably near the top of the list, you know, Max Scherzer with the way Washington is playing of late, probably seems to be out of the equation at this point. So Jose Barrios, another guy that you mentioned, and the reports for the ask for him seem to be quite astronomical. And I'm not sure the, the Blue Jays are going to be willing to pay the price for, you know, a guy like that who's fine. He's fine. He's not uh, an elite, elite starting pitcher, but he's very serviceable on this team. <laughs> Might even be the second best starter if you slot him into the rotation uh, right now. So, um, you know, I did find it interesting that Ross Atkins said, if we can't, you know, fix the run prevention, we're going to look at offense. We're going to look at potentially run creation and uh, mm -hmm. you know, Joey Gallo and some others might fit the bill there. So uh, it, it's just hard for me to, you know, get a sense of what exactly the team is going to do. But I do think I tend to lean with you in that I don't know if they want to be looking at rentals right now. Maybe they look at some lower tier rentals and you take a shot at a reliever. That's in the final year of his deal, but if they're looking for impact impacts, uh, I think they're going to be looking at someone that has at least another year um, on, you know, as far as uh, their their term heading into next season as well to get another shot at it. I think that that last year is a great example of what you've just said, where they did make they did acquire rentals, but they, these were really low low acquisition cost rentals. You know, Robbie Ray was probably as his value was as low as it was ever going to be. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan VR uh, was having a great season. Um, uh, before he came to Toronto and then, of course, uh, had a terrible season uh, with the Blue Jays, but now he's, uh, or half season with the Blue Jays, and now he's kind of back being being what he is here in, in 2021. But I can see them doing things like that. Um, but but then again, you know, to what end, right? Like if, if, you're, if you're making a non-impact um, uh, acquisition, you're basically talking about relievers at this point. Right, you have, you're 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 doing the trade equivalent of signing John Axford in in a way, you know, a guy that if it works out, if he's able to come to the big leagues and and his fastball is uh is heavy and is still at 97, you can get people out. And because when you think about the everyday lineup, and you want to talk about not only run prevention but also offense, like where are those upgrades going to come without them being expensive rentals? Like, yeah, sure, Chris Bryant is an up, upgrade at third base, but is that the splashy move you want to make in, with this group at this time? I, I don't even know. Um, let me ask you this. Is there, a, is there value in making an upgrade such as like maybe saying, seeing if you could make Santiago Espinal your third baseman every day? I don't know where, what you feel about that. But to me, and this, is, this goes you know, towards my thing with Gallo, is like a guy like Gallo upgrades your outfield defense and allows you offensively to carry a guy like Santiago Espinal every day like he he's your Ryan Goins um in, in my mind I, I don't know that's part of why I'm so fixated on Gallo obviously the fact that he's a weird freak uh, helps as well but uh, <laughs> I know what, what I know you you've come around on the Joey Gallo idea are there more pieces to that or you just think like wow he's really good and that could be fun and make the team better yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple-minded, so it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> He's a, a guy that hits left-handed, and this team does not have uh, very many of those guys, and he mashes the baseball. 
Uh, and he plays, you know, very good defense in the outfield as well. I, I wish that he was still a serviceable third base. Like he hasn't played there, I think, since 2017. And when he was there, at least some of the advanced metrics didn't look great. Um, so, you know, that's that's unfortunate that he doesn't have that positional flexibility uh, seemingly anymore at third base, which just would have been an absolute perfect fit for this team. But, you know, you have him in right field. Uh, it takes away at bats from, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And, and Randall Gritchick. And I know Gurriel Jr. has been, you know, hitting well statistically over the last month and a bit. And Randall's come off of his uh, incredible, you know, early season he uh, heater. Um, but, you know, I just think he just fits this lineup so well. And, and, and the Espinal part is interesting as well because you, uh, I wonder if you're reading my mind because I was literally thinking about that uh, earlier today about, you know, over the next while here, Kevin Biggio, I think you tweeted out the numbers, um, you know, in the month of July. It's like <laughs> not very good. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I've become this like, like <laughs> Kevin Biggio villain online, and and yeah. it's a it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame that I'm a jerk. A, but B, it's a shame that 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 he is held in what I, in my mind too high a regard to the point that I'm like, oh come on guys, like like let's be real about this. And and you know there was a there was a. a post that was going around a couple of weeks ago and it was quoting numbers comparing Chris Bryant in fact to Kevin Biggio from a certain date and from this date forward Kevin Biggio was really good and then you kind of drill down to it and you realize okay yes Kevin Biggio was hurt and that absolutely could have been affecting his performance and then he came back and he was really good but he was really good for like 60 plate appearances and now here you know again just picking July at random is not that's not real but mm -hmm. when you look at his now his body of work here across 2021, as he's making his second and third times through the season, through the league, you know, in the same season, that's why I think when you can guys start to get uh, exposed, and and here in July, uh, his, he has been he's been really bad, and and it's a shame because everything that about him is perfect for this team, but. I just don't know if he's got it in him. And it's, again, not not for a lack of trying, not for a lack of a good head on his shoulders and like being a really smart and useful baseball player. But it's the kind of place, it's the kind of guy where like if you're trying to win games and, and you know, the Blue Jays here, when you and I are talking, they lost two straight to the Red Sox. And in some ways we can have more of these, con <laughs> I feel like we can have these transactional conversations. Like what are they going to do because they didn't play the third game and then eventually lose it to the Red Sox. Like if, if they're coming off a Red Sox sweep, maybe we're like having a bit of a different conversation because to, like you said, the sleeping giant, this is a good team. 
This is a good yeah. team. And, 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 and if you're a general manager and you can look at them and be like, this is what's going to unlock them, well, then you're going to be the best GM in the entire world if you know exactly what lever to pull. But I think that you have to be, well, you don't have to be, but if you're, if you work for Mark Shapiro, you're going to be pragmatic and you're going to be like, we could blow our brains out and go crazy with rentals, but I don't know it's going to, if it's going to get us anywhere. And I don't know if it's going to make us better than the two or three best teams in our, in our league. And while, you know, everyone loves the idea of a Cinderella run, um, you're still in tough. You're in tough against a bunch of good teams, uh, the Rays, the Red Sox, uh, Houston, and then the White Sox. Like, you know, you're, there's not a lot of space left after that. And, and just getting in there and facing one of those those teams, or Boston or, or Tampa Bay, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough pill to squallow when you're looking at all this depth you've built. And maybe, it's, maybe you think about the offseason as the time to make a big move and, and spend some of this prospect capital. I mean, I hate to say it. I love I love the idea of going forward and you know flag fly forever and all that stuff. But you know maybe that prospect capital is better spent this winter. It's so tough this season specifically. Just looking at everything that has happened uh, because you know George Springer getting hurt for the first few months of the season was just a, a huge blow for this team. And, and kudos to them for you know staying above water and treading water for a while there and keeping themselves in the mix to allow Springer to get back healthy. And, and we've seen him start to come around of late, but you know, when they signed George Springer, it was for six years. It wasn't to take just one shot in 2021 uh, when they signed, you know, Hunjin Ryu for four seasons, you know, sure. They wanted him to be a big part of the first couple of years, but um, you know, they're hoping that he can still be a big part, the part of this next year and the year after in the final year of his deal, you've got Vladdy having uh, just an otherworldly season, you know, a season that we don't see very often in major league baseball for 22 year olds. You signed Marcus Semyon for one year and he became an all-star and is arguably the best second baseman in uh, the American league right now, maybe potentially all of baseball. Like it's, it's crazy. We're, we're at a point here where there's just so many positive things, but then you look at the standings and like you said, you're in tough. Like you've got all this positive momentum, but maybe this unfortunately isn't the season to go all in because, you know, you may do some things that are uncomfortable and then it doesn't work out. And then what are you going to try to take another shot at it again next year by, you know, digging even deeper into the prospect pool. You, you only have so many, you know, upper echelon guys that you can um, throw out there in deals to make some big splashes at some point, you know, unless you're the San Diego Padres or the Tampa Bay Rays, you're going to run out of, um, you know, prospects to make some of these big deals. So, you know, maybe 2021 isn't the time to do it, but man, that would be a tough goal to swallow because wasting a season of Vladdy like this, wasting a Marcus Semyon season, potentially wasting the best career season of Robbie Ray. Like just, there's so many guys that are having such phenomenal seasons to just say, well, it's just not our time and just move on and hope for the best in 2022. I mean, that's the tough pill for the fans to swallow. I can only imagine what it's like for the actual players on the field. For the players on the field, I can't, uh, that's, that's exactly the right kind of perspective. Um, you know, we've seen in Toronto over the years how, you know, the, the players respect each other and they have their, their, you know, in the clubhouse, but, but they know when the team needs something to be, to be made better. And, and I'm sure that they don't hope to signal anybody out, but they, they're like, we have a chance to do something special. So maybe just like get a couple extra guys in here and maybe we don't know who it's going to be at the expense of, but you know, when, 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 especially someone like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and not just not to run down anybody else on the team, but a guy who obviously and, and visibly, visibly put in so much work to become a better player, to become a, the kind of player that can lead a team to a championship. And he's doing, well, he's doing his bit. He's holding up his end of the bargain, but 
but it's it's a tough pill to swallow, like you said. But you know, I think that I I, I do. I, the more I talk myself out of doing anything rash at this trade deadline, because especially with the we don't know what's going to be the state of the CBA into the future, so there's always you know lots of nice discounts and like lots of good or expensive or impact players that can be can be um, found uh, on the trade uh, trade market in the winter. Jeez, uh, I don't know. It's uh, you just you, you you. I mean, as it is, they've got to. Speaking of Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray, they got to fill those spots anyway. They yeah. got to find out. They got to find somebody to play second base. Maybe next year they got to find another another bunch of pitchers. Uh, you know, uh, the the Nate Pearson thing and uh, with Thomas Hatch, but. So there is depth that's kind of around, and and I think that I think that Ross Atkins sort of may alluded to that a little bit. I think feeling like they had their, they feel pretty good about their depth, but it's just you see it you see uh, the, the I wouldn't say the stars aligned because if the stars aligned, the Blue Jays would be in first place. The stars aligned for a team like the White Sox, I think, in in that their division cratered, they were able to 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 make it through some tough injuries and don't have to blow their brains out. You know, they made a big acquisition. They traded a top prospect. They got their Lance Lynn, then they extended him. Like, nice bit of business for them. So maybe the Blue Jays are, are going to can do something like that. Maybe we, they can look to convince Robbie Ray to stay. And maybe they can open up the doors and bring somebody, do another version of Robbie Ray, bring somebody in and be like, this is Pete Walker, this is Matt Bushman, this is how we do things around here, and we know that we can help you become the best player that you can be. And, you know, here's Robbie Ray, he can tell you about what worked for him if you want to come and take our money and you want to come and stay. I mean, every time you have a, for me, every time you have a player development success like that, it kind of makes it, makes it attractive as a, as a, maybe a soft landing spot or maybe opening yourself up to guys who maybe wouldn't have considered the Blue Jays in the past. Uh, you know, we're seeing the benefits of this player development system, but I don't know if, I just don't know if 2021 is quite the year. And maybe the question for you, and, and again, you, you, you talk to so many fans and you hear so many emotional reactions. Do you think that the Blue Jays not making the playoffs or not making a real run at it? You know, whether, whether, I mean, Marcus, Marcus Simeon notwithstanding, uh, is it, would it be considered a disappointment for you? And, and do you think it's a disappointing season if they are not able to get quite into the playoffs and, and make a bit of a run? I, I think it would be um, a disappointment just based off of, you know, some of the performances that I mentioned. Like, had you told someone that, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was going to have an MVP caliber season this year, um, I think a lot of people would have said, well, uh, maybe you're you know, probably having a really good run here, probably in the mix for a playoff spot. Like, it's probably a good season. And he's doing that. And it has been just OK uh, as far as the team's success goes. So I, I do think that, you know, for the most part, people do understand that this is the first year, like true year of this team trying to contend. Like I truly do believe that whether people have, you know, reactions one way or the other based off of, you know, game to game and, and win loss and whatever result there may be. Um, but I think, you know, just the exciting part too, heading into next off season is that this team isn't done adding, you know, Hunjin Ryu was the first piece. George Springer was the second piece. You know, there's going to be more additions. There has to be right. Like you're not, going to spend $150 million on George Springer, um, you know, $80 million on Hunjin Ryu. And you've got two guys, superstar players in still, you know, free arbitration and be like, you know what, we're done. We're done spending here. We're not going to add more to the team. We're just going to let it come internally with the Jordan Groshans and the Austin Martins of the world. Like those guys are going to come, uh, maybe not Groshans if he's uh, traded, but the Martins and the Gabby Morenos, like those guys are coming, but they they will still be supplemented with other 
free agent ads. I, I don't think you take a deep dive in a Springer and Hunjin Ryu and say, you know what, we're done adding free agents for the next five years. I still think the capital is going to be there for this front office to make some big splashes. This coming off season, it's a lot of talk about the shortstops that are going to be available, of course, the stories, the Correas, the Seegers of the world. And then you've got uh, those geriatric Hall of Fame pitchers that are going to be available too. And, uh, you know, Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw and guys like that. Geriatric. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, how, how many... dare you? How dare you yeah. do Clayton Kershaw like that? <laughs> I don't know how many of those guys are going to be willing to, to sign in Toronto, but it just, you know, goes to show you the, the caliber of free agents that are going to be there. You, you mentioned the, the CBA uncertainty. That's obviously going to add a big wrinkle into what may or may not happen this coming off season. But I, I just find it hard to believe that, you know, uh, over the next few years, there won't be even more significant additions, whether it's through free agency or trade. And then at that point, I mean, we can really start talking about, you know, getting excited for a team to make a really strong push for, for a, a banner at some point. Uh, if you are worried about a team that spends a bunch of money on an outfielder and then spends a bunch of money on a pitcher and then sort of stops, uh, allow me to introduce you to the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> who, have, who have basically done uh done that i mean let's talk about vlad you know jr a little bit uh because there's nothing bad there's no no more fun topic realistically than, than vladimir Guerrero jr i mean you you said if you told someone in the in this winter that he's going to have an mvp caliber caliber season some most people would be like yeah i can see that he's you know obviously he's who he is if you told them he was going to have one of the four or five best seasons in franchise history i think that they would be surprised i'm like the the sky is the not not the sky is the limit, but we're start going to start to get into some real big round numbers real soon. Like he's going to go screaming past forty home runs, and I mean, like fifty home runs is not beyond the realm of possibility, which has been done a grand total of one time in franchise history. I'm not sure about you know RBIs and stuff, but even even the triple crown. I mean, do what do you think? I don't, you never want to expect a guy and you, it's even, it's, it's sick to say out loud, to say the words, to say what I'm about to say. You don't expect him to go and continue to have an 1100 OPS for the rest of the year. But at the same time, nobody who's watched the first 400 plate appearances of this season would even bat an eyelash if he did it. I mean, like this is, uh, Loth is, as I'm bringing up, like he's on like triple crown watch, like, which is so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. What, what what was your was your thought process when you sort of saw him come into spring in and, and looking good and then starting off the season so well? Were you like, okay, this makes sense, or or were you a little wary at at, the, at, at first? I, I was still a little bit wary. I was you know cautiously optimistic that you know he was going to have a good season. All the projection systems, which you know uh, I trust to a certain level. I mean, those guys obviously know what they're doing. Those guys and gals that make projection systems, they, they, you know, have a, a good history of, uh, you know, being right more often than being wrong. And I think, you know, he was projected around like an 820, 830 OPS, which was great. I mean, based yeah, off yeah, of where he was solid. Take the that last all day. <laughs> I will take that every single day of the week for a guy in his age 22 season. And he's obviously blown that um, out of the water. I don't honestly remember the exact, you know, moment this season where I thought, okay, like this is just something else. Like it just sort of happened, right? It just over the first month of the season, I, I remember putting out a tweet, I think maybe in the first month of the season, and it was just a screenshot of Vladdy's numbers compared to Acuna Jr.'s and Tatis Jr.'s. And it was mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm just saying, but I'm not saying like his numbers are better than those guys right now. And we'll see if it holds. And then like two months later, I did it again. And lo and behold, he was still, you know, better than both of those guys. So it, it's just, I... I 
I mean, you've obviously been writing about it for uh, a couple of years now. You've followed this journey closer than I think uh, that most people have taken a lot more deep dives into it. And, you know, I remember before he played an actual Major League Baseball game, and I think I said it on a show on the air when I was still doing uh, non-Jays stuff, but I said, you know, if he's Edwin Encarnacion in his prime for like his entire Jays career, like are people disappointed at that? And the season he's having now, Edwin's never even touched that. No. So like now this is on another level that not many people have in baseball have reached. So like Edwin Encarnacion feels like the floor. Prime Edwin feels like the floor. And now we're just into uh, territories we've never seen before. Like Albert Pujols' age 22 season wasn't even this good. And that guy's a you know, sure Hall of Famer. So it's I, like, I honestly don't have any words to explain anymore what we're seeing uh, aside from I guess Bryce Harper did it in his age 22 season and you know he's obviously fluctuated up and down injuries have played a big part and that's always a big concern but um, yeah we're, we're just at a level here that I'm not sure even the the biggest fans of Vlad you know Jim Callis calling him a, a future Hall of Famer ever mm-hmm. thought he would get to this point I was going to reference that J- Jim Callis uh, who covered does he work for the twins now or is he, is he still um, I'm not sure MLB.com yeah he's still doing prospect stuff yeah so he he said that before Vladdy made his his uh, big league debut, he said that they are going to be the first father son duo in the Hall of Fame, which is an incredibly big thing to say, especially for someone who's got you know skin in the game, so to speak. Like his credibility matters um, yeah. as someone who is a talent evaluator, as someone who is who is selling his ability to craft sensible and and, and grounded in reality opinions. So that's a huge thing. So for for me. It was spring training. It was like you could immediately. It was like, oh, okay, this is happening now. You know, the the ball was flying in a, in places it didn't it didn't fly before. You know, it, he's showing right consistent and and unbelievable power the other way, and then also being able to to get around on it. I mean, you know, I I was I was one who wasn't um, as maybe not convinced, but I was disappointed in his performance to date. Be not you know where a lot of folks and, and I, I don't know that I was wrong in doing that um, I was wrong in that uh, I would have been wrong if I had said he's never going to get right because but he because he did you know obviously he 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 did the things that he needed to do to allow his body to get in, into the positions to do that he the things that he's capable of doing which is what we're seeing him do now I think Joe Siddle had a great breakdown on the uh, on the broadcast um, early in April just about how the extra strength allowed him to kind of like fire his hips that, that much earlier and his bat wasn't dragging and he just was obviously able to make so much great contact. And, you know, all the pieces were there as a young player, but he, he was still, you know, in terms of guys who got lots of playing time at 20 and 21, he was among the worst, which is because mm-hmm. the only great players get have those opportunities and the vast majority, majority of them are almost great, are not great right away, but you know they they are the Acunas, the Sotos, the, the the Tatis Juniors, where it's like they're good and it does they don't waste anybody's time in being good. And and Vlad had some things he had to overcome. He had to get his body right because you just can't get away with uh, some of the stuff that you can get away with even in Double A. But you know it's it's been so it's been so great to watch. And and yeah, I think that you know we're talking about you know 2000 Carlos Delgado, 1999 maybe Carlos Delgado, 2010 2011 Jose Bautista. Um, you know, maybe 93 John Olrood. And like, if you're really trying, like, you know, in terms of wins above replacement, you know, you're talking about 2015 Josh Donaldson. Like, that's where we are in terms of the, you know, the only seasons that are going to stand shoulder to shoulder with Vlad's. And if he starts knocking off, you know, these big, these big numbers, if he hits 
If he hits uh, 50 home runs, if he finishes the season with an 1100 OPS, if he's, you know, in that 190, 195 weighted runs created plus, like, you know, he, he's that's instantly an eight win player. Like, that's as good as it yep. gets. It's as good as it gets if your name is not Shohei Otani. And it is just, it's a shame that he's going to lose the MVP uh, and will have not been slighted in doing so, which, <laughs> you know, it breaks your heart. But, well, I've made the case for for co MVPs. I've made the case that these two guys are just so undeniable this year that uh, maybe you could make an exception here and uh, split the award in half for for both of these guys. But um, you know, I made I made this point before too that it's just great in talking about Vlad that you can talk about the baseball card numbers now, right? You don't have to mm-hmm. sell non-believers <laughs> on. Well, that was uh, one seventeen off the bat, so I know it was into the ground, and the launch <laughs> angle was minus a thousand, but that's one seventeen. Not many guys hit at one seventeen off the bat. Like just you wait. Now it's like, hey, that's uh, thirty-two bombs. Hey, that's a four hundred thirty foot, you know, screaming line drive into the Red Sox bullpen into the opposite field. Like, field. <laughs> Yeah, you Off don't have to try to sell people anymore. Yeah, yeah it's you don't that's need, the best part. These, these these are the arguments that these are the uh, the the data points that uh, win your arguments in Bradford and Newmarket. Maybe maybe not so much <laughs> at like the the Saber meetings, but uh, when you're waiting for wings at the Village Inn, you know you can you can talk about uh, <laughs> he's hitting three fifty or three thirty five and hitting four hundred thirty foot home runs, and everybody's on the same page. Uh, uh, I can't believe that you would try to deny Shohei Otani the uh, the MVP. Um, look. You know, and obviously nobody's got nobody's got more invested in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. than I do. Um, I, I was trying to make a point. I was trying to think of a, of a parallel. Like you mentioned, Edwin Encarnacion, which is what I, I got me thinking. Like Shohei Otani is hitting better than prime Edwin Encarnacion, and he's mm-hmm. pitching as well as Robbie Ray. So it's like you took those two guys and put them together. They're the same <laughs> guy. Edwin Encarnacion is now Robbie Ray. When he pitches and, and, and incarna- better than Encarnacion when he hits. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what the MVP looks like because that's a, not because it's ever been done before because it, it, what are the chances of it ever being done again? It's crazy what we're seeing, but more to the point, it's crazy what we're seeing from Vlad. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I have been a little bit more cross-armed, like waiting, waiting, very much wait and see with Bobby Shett. Uh, obviously love what he's been able to do, um, but I, I'm, I'm coming around on him, which is, you know, how brave of me to say out loud that I'm coming around on the Blue Jays, like five win shortstop. But uh, he's having a great year, and, and I love to watch him hit because he's not like everybody else, and I think that there's a lot of appeal in, in that to me, and he, he just rakes, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, even when he's down 0-2. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I've been on the same wavelength that I've started to come around. I know in reading that, uh, you know, trade value blog that uh, Fangraphs is putting out, mm-hmm. I think he was uh, number 20 uh, on the list. And I was just reading the blurb that the that the guys had to say about him. And, you know, it kind of reinforced everything that I feel about Bo, that, you know, you may not like his approach and you may not love the fact that he's 0-2 all the time. Or, you know, we saw that Adam Adovino at bat in the, uh, the ninth inning the other day, and it was like, uh, I'm sorry, it was Matt Barnes, I think, and he swung it like, uh, no, it was the eighth inning, it was out of Vino, and he swung it like a 2-0 breaking ball that almost hit him. And it's like, why are you swinging at that? But that's just <laughs> who he is. If he's not himself, he can't be himself, um, at least at this stage of his career. You hope with maturity, more plate discipline comes, and he's able to be more selective. And when he does that, I mean, look out, because uh, I think that just it makes him even more dangerous. But you just look at the package that he has and the age that he has and the, the, you know, the contract that he has being pre arb like how many shortstops are you taking above him really at this point uh, in major league baseball? Like, sure. You can have your Corey Seegers and you can have your Carlos Correa's in a, in a vacuum. Uh, but long-term there aren't too many guys that I'm taking over Bo Bichette at this point at that position in all of major league baseball. You're absolutely right about that Fangraphs um, trade rankings piece, which was, which is really interesting to read. Um, because, you know, I've joked about the Village Inn and kind of barroom debates. I think that that, that Fangraphs um, piece is kind of taking those sort of like trade value discussions, which probably originated as like kind of barstool sort of stuff, like, hey, would you, you wouldn't trade this guy for that guy, you know, the Bill Simmons. Like if they called yeah. up, you know, but the, the, the Fangraphs one is almost like too real. In that it's like, here's Jeff McNeil. He's got five years of control left, and he's a good hitter. And he's like, <laughs> people, and he, he's on the list higher than like Nolan Arenado or like Christian Yelich and like a bunch of guys. And it's like, you're telling me you wouldn't trade Jeff, Jeff McNeil for that guy? But, but in the end of the day, that's the way that baseball works. So it's a little bit, a little bit too much. I, I use the word uncanny valley um, online today. But Kevin Goldstein had a great line in there, and that was about, I think, baseball, and that, baseball analysis. And this comes back to Kevin Bijou as well. We've gotten past, I think, or we should have gotten past in 2021, the, the 20, 2004 or 2005, like, you got to walk. If you don't walk, you're no good, right? And the guys who don't, if, 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 if you walk, you're good. And if you don't walk, you're bad. And like that sort of binary, like, yes or no. And, and mm-hmm. we're seeing that with, with Biggio, I think. I think Biggio and, and Bichette are kind of a really, Biggio, Bichette, and then also Guriel are like the whole spectrum of that, where it's like, Biggio walks a lot. That's great. It really props up his numbers. I really wish that he could hit more. Bichette, you wish he could walk more. You maybe, or not even walk more. You just wish he could be a little bit more selective and, and do what he does um, with a little bit more patience. And then Guriel is the kind of the, the further end of that, where it's like Guriel will never be as good a hitter as Bo Bichette. He just can't do the things that Bichette does, even though he has a similar approach. And I think that that it's it's a matter really of 
excuse me, of talent. And, and like to do what Boba does is really hard and you wouldn't teach it, but you don't have to because he's already doing it. So take yeah. it for what it is. And, and whether or not you have questions about him as a, as a defensively, as a shortstop, um, and, you know, again, that maybe that's the sort of thing uh, that he doesn't look like a statue falling down out there. That's for sure. He is athletic enough and I think he's quick enough to play the position. Um, and maybe, maybe it's just, he's the kind of guy that, that not only is he really producing at 23, He's a he's an all star. He looks he looks the part. He's a great presence in the lineup because of those sort of those little factors, those little what ifs about him. You can see him even getting better. Like we talked about Vlad, we should we we can be honest here. There is no better than this, right? Like this is as good as it's ever he's ever going to be. If he does this or close to it for a long time, like Albert Pujols or like Miguel Cabrera, that's awesome. But like, there's nowhere above where he is now. So yeah, that it's okay to admit that it's okay if this is his career year and he settles in as like a one seventy five with a run created plus or one sixty or just something that's like still so astronomical. But Bichette is the kind of guy that not only is he doing it now, you can still dream on those skills and dream on that little bit of maturity, kind of tweaking the knobs a little bit, and then you have um, a really truly special player to go with the other really truly special player standing on the other side of the infield. Well, I mean, I, that's the thing. When I look at Bo Bichette, I just look at this wild horse that just needs to be tamed a little bit. And when it's, you know, you trying to cut his hair, and, don't, don't be trying to cut his hair. Let the man, let the, <laughs> let the flow yeah, go. We'll leave, we'll leave the main, I think for now, but he's just got those, you know, natural skills that cannot be taught. And, you know, I don't want to pin him against Kevin Biggio because it's just completely different players, but they're mm-hmm. on the same team and you brought him up. How many times do we see Kevin Biggio, you know, swinging through, 92 mile an hour fastballs down the middle of the plate. Like it's just, he doesn't have the same type of contact skills that a Bo Bichette has. Yeah. We see Bo take these massive hacks and, you know, he fouls these uh, pitches down the middle of the plate off. Uh, but how often do we see him, you know, barrel those up? You know, Kevin Biggio may go 0 for 2 with a pair of walks. Well, Bo's going to go 1 for 4, but it's going to be a 430 you know, foot home run. That's going to add more value, you know, to the Blue Jays in that game. So I, I just, yeah, the raw tools are there. It just needs to be refined. And at that point, you know, you're looking at not Vlad level, uh, obviously offensive type of ability, but uh, maybe, you know, Edwin Encarnacion uh, type of ability when it comes to uh, offensive output. But it's it's just crazy that the Blue Jays have these two caliber of players on the team at the same time in, you know, pretty much the prime of their career, because we know aging curves are becoming, you know, earlier and earlier as well. Um, you know, they, we expect them to get better as they, you know, get more mature and get, you know, more experience in Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that uh, we're not going to see something like this with the Blue Jays for a long, long time. You know, the, the, the fact that they have two of these uh, caliber of players on the team at the same time. It is a pretty strong foundation upon which to build a championship team, which we kind of started about talking about today, and I don't think we quite got there. But we have some time until the trade deadline to see what the Blue Jays are going to do. And if you are listening to the Blue Jays on the radio, if you are in your car, if you're in, on the porch, on the patio, and you want to talk to somebody after the Blue Jays game, there's no better person to call than Rob Wong, the host of Jays Talk. Rob, where can the people find you? And uh, I've just promoted your show for you, but t- tell us, tell them what else they need to know about uh, about where they can hear you and find you tweeting and things like that. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WongSN590, where you can uh, see me tweeting my uh, Jack Nicholson face gif of myself at Drew every time uh, he references Joey Gallo or something. It's that, so good. Uh, I get approval. I give approval, too, and I give the old head nod, so, you know, it's uh, it's good, and I give it the rubber stamp. But, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WongSN590, and as you mentioned, uh, Jay's Talk, Jay's Baseball on the radio. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, it's going to be an exciting rest of the season here for uh, the Toronto Blue Jays baseball club as uh, they make some moves, make a run to the playoffs. And boy, oh boy, baseball uh, back in the city. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be so much fun, almost as much fun uh, as a night spent at the Barbecue King on Young Street in Bradford. <laughs> Shout out to the Barbecue King. Shout out to you, Rob Wong. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time. Uh, have yourself a great night. And thanks to you for listening to this edition of 